0: Today on The Breakdown, Patrick Antonius and Tom Dwan. Two great tastes that go great together. It's peanut butter and jelly. It's peanut butter and chocolate. It's peanut butter and peanut butter. These guys have played so many hands against each other for so much money. They got. It's got to be one of the biggest duos ever in terms of amount of just volume of dollars that have exchanged hands between these two guys because they played at such high stakes for so long and have we got a hand for you from back in the day and it is a cash game hand which everyone loves real money at stake (laughs) and patrick antonius well he's going to do a thing he does a lot which is he's going to put tom dwan to the test will tom dwan fail the test is it standardized will there be multiple choice these are questions Perhaps essays. <laughs> Let's get to it on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey, first time
1: no- sure. You want to start? you're opening referring to how Tom Vaughn and Patrick Antonius taste. <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> sure? yeah, you wanna, yeah. You might want to rethink that.
0: As I said it, I heard it. I'll tell you what. And I was like, huh? Well, that's a thing, you know, that's, uh, that's from a commercial. Of course, the Reese's peanut butter. Sure. Cups. But, but yeah, I was aware of that all the same as I said it and had the ways it could be, you know, thought of and mentioned.
1: Well, they taste like old glory, you know, it's the old glory times of poker. Oh
0: glorious, isn't that the name of the flag?
1: Yeah. Have you ever you've never eaten a flag? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I've eaten flags. Yeah. You're trying to embarrass me in front of everyone? You can't. I've eaten
1: flags. Okay. Which flags? Denmark. You're lying. Nobody Denmark. eats Denmark. I they make Denmark. they make their flags out of inedible material. <laughs> you can still eat it. <laughs> you know what inedible means? Yeah. Are you sure? It means it tastes bad. <laughs> <laughs> Denmark is a flag that is on my list. I would like to get the Denmark flag. It's it's an
0: aspirational flag for you. Yeah, I understand. Yeah,
1: but it's tough. Would you ever
0: fly to another country just to eat their flag?
1: (laughs) Yes, because I believe if you purchase the flag of another country, like if I'm in Zimbabwe and I purchase a Chinese flag and eat the Chinese flag in Zimbabwe, that doesn't count. I, I mean I don't believe that counts.
0: There definitely are some factions out there that would have issues with that. There's no question about yeah. it. Like from of the flag eating community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might think that's Yeah, I'm kind of a
1: purist as it as far as it comes. Like the flag needs to be produced in the country, <laughs> of that country, and eaten in the country.
0: What if it's produced in the country but by folks not of that country, non native folks? What do you like think? Like immigrants? That? I mean, I suppose. That's fine. How about computers? How are you gonna feel about that? Not How- handmade computer
1: made. If you can't taste the hand, what's the point of eating
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, slightly more serious question. What's more serious than this? Would you ever fly? Would you ever travel, like actually get on an airplane just to eat a meal? It'd have to be an amazing meal. But like there are like three-star Michelin restaurants, for example. I can't are-
1: imagine that being the case. No. People do that. I know, but I can't imagine. You can't, yeah, just no, matter, no matter how much money I had, I don't yeah. think it would be worth my time.
0: It's so much time and yeah. a lot of effort, right? And it's flying isn't great. So
1: though. are you in the same boat that you wouldn't do it? I don't think I would do it. Not
0: just for a meal. Like, no, I mean, it, could like, be, it, it could be a highlight of the trip, but it can't be the only thing. No, it can't, be, the it can't be like
1: I'm flying with a person to eat this meal, and I could have just had a meal with that person in the place that right. I am. Maybe if there's a person that I want to hang out with who's there, and they only have a meal's worth of time, and they're like, this is the best restaurant in the world, I'm going to be gone for four years on my trip like come come have a meal with me you have 40 million dollars you know? right like i'll be like okay that's fine. different though yeah. you're not
0: going for the meal you're going for right. the the personal relationship yeah. um there was a guy back in the day i don't remember which airline it was but some airline for a quarter of a million dollar dollars offered um lifetime passes yeah yeah i've heard right? of this and so this multiple people bought them and bought the, i think it was american airlines that sounds right um, so American got killed on yeah, this. Because they
1: would use first class and they would use companion passes on it and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, you, you could buy two. So you could buy a companion. And then what they would do is they would sell yeah. the companion to someone else. And it was a great deal for them. Uh, although eventually that's how they, America was able to crack down on this and stop, like kick people out of the program. Right. which So that was good for them. But the point is one of the guys who they eventually shut down used to fly from New York to Europe a lot just to eat lunch. At a place he likes. I think yeah. I think we saw the same video about this. Yeah, maybe we did. I mean, like wow. I mean, that's because you have a lot of free time, you've paid for this thing, you figure why not? I guess first class is really nice though, too. It's like a nice experience. Yeah, it is. So so it was like, yeah, why not? Like I can it's a whole like fun little trip and But still, it's a little weird. And
1: that was pre-9-11, so that it wasn't like a hell of security to go through. It's like you just breeze into the airport, you go.
0: Yeah, especially when you're first class, even more so, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody would do that after 9-11 with the new security protocols.
0: I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like, you know, if you have a known traveler number and if you're doing first class stuff, you can can get through stuff pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I've forgotten because it's been so long. But yeah, having a KTN is pretty sick.
0: Also, first class, usually you can skip the line.
1: Still, the security takes some time. Some. It's yeah, still sure. like you, you probably should factor in 20 minutes for yeah. it, no matter what. You know, in Singapore,
0: the, uh, each, each gate at the airport has their own security line. So you're only ever in line with people who are
1: getting on your plane. So the argument against, I suppose, would be economic because yeah. it's more expensive. The argument for is it's awesome. Yeah.
0: It's faster. And you never have to worry about getting stuck in the security line and missing your flight. That's impossible now. That's nice. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I just probably not economically feasible on a large
0: scale. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But Singapore, you know?
1: Economically feasible on a large scale is playing poker with Tom Dwan and Patrick Antonius. Yeah. You're gonna have to be economically feasible on a large scale to do so because they like to play high stakes.
0: And they're gonna put you to big chip decisions on the regular.
1: Yes. Yes. Tom Dwan, probably the most feared poker player in the world at the time of this hand. Mm.
0: Possibly, in and if cash it wasn't games. him, in cash games. if it wasn't him, it was Phil Ivy or Patrick Antonius, all of whom are at this table. Yeah, all of whom are in this hand. Right. Good Only for one. them. Only one of them is a garbage person. In yes. this hand, of course.
1: In the, in the hand, not in real life. Yeah. So uh, it was a different time, man. Because who knows what's up with these guys now? We know Phil Ivey's still around, but you know he's got entangled in that whole baccarat lawsuit thing.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty much over now.
1: Though. Yeah, but I, I think that might have killed his bankroll. Don't, don't I mean, really it's know.
0: not like Phil Ivey can't get staked at any stakes True. in the world. The True. highest stake games, there are rich people who will put him in for sure. Yeah. Right.
1: Duan is off in Macau doing whatever he's doing there.
0: There's um, a lot of questions yeah. about what's exactly going on with that dude.
1: Yep. And if he actually owes everybody tons of money,
0: it's unknown. Jo- Jungle Man, as we know, has issues with him still around yeah. the Dirt Challenge. Right, Rightfully so, it seems. I think I even
1: saw something. I don't want to misquote the person, okay. so I'm not going to say it. But somebody notable, I-, I believe, said something about, like, quoted something about that Dwan had written about uh, some NFT thing he was doing. Mm-hmm. And the notable person said, um, Oh, wow. Are you going to get up funding for that? Like kind of sarcastically implying like Duan owed a lot of money to a lot of people. I'm
0: pretty sure it was about, but I'm not 100% sure. That's what I was thinking it was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, And of course, Patrick Antonius, ex-professional tennis player, ex-professional model, current good looking, hunky freaking poker playing dude. Is he
1: an ex-professional poker player? Is he just kind of retired now? I don't know. He could be. Yeah.
0: He seems to have done it pretty... All three of these guys have done it pretty well, unless maybe not Tom Dwan, actually. Maybe not. But the other two guys seem to have done it well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seem to have. But at the time, this was like the apex of all of these guys' careers. I guess so.
0: I guess so. I mean, I don't know. It's possible that they're all making more money now than they ever made before if the games are much bigger. It's possible. But,
1: But as far as glory and yeah. national attention in the U.S. especially, this was the apex. That seems right. This I remember... Like Like I was just saying to you, like, this is the type of hand. This video came out probably in somewhere between the 2008 and 2011 range. Mm -hmm. And I could just imagine myself, like, playing four different tournaments on full tilt and watching this hand kind of on the side. And, like, that was, like, there's the glory days of poker for me. I fucking loved it. It And this is
0: one of the things that was nice. So this is, um, like, the cash game in England. I don't know if it's the party poker or Full tilt something. Yeah, million-dollar cash game or whatever. Um, they had replaced Jesse May with David Tuckman, and so it's such a better experience as yeah. a viewer, right? Instead of getting Jesse May with his whimsical, everything's a whimsy yeah. moment. This is like David Tuckman doing a good job. Sometimes, nearly copying an English accent out of nowhere. Yeah, but beyond that, doing a great job,
1: Do, doing the play-by-play thing, play-by-play thing like correctly. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: like the Mike Breen of, uh, yeah. you know, play-by-play. Guys. I mean, he's, like, no super he's, solid. he's
1: no Mike Breen, but he, he's pretty good.
0: Okay, fair enough. But he's yeah. super solid for poker, right? Yeah. Like if you have David Tuckman doing, it, you're like, that's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, he's going to be fine, and he's versatile. He can do it on a live stream too. Because if yeah. if it's a pre recorded thing, I think I take Lon McCarron. He's like really mm. good at the play by play. If it's pre recorded scripted stuff, oh my god! But if you put him in like a situation that's evolving and moving, and then he gets bored and offers an opinion on poker too, it can go a little bit off the rails.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lon, Lon plays poker. I think at a very much a uh, amateur level, and would I would guess would acknowledge that. I think Tuckman takes the game much more seriously. Yeah. Has played in the main event and gone. I mean, I wouldn't say deep, but it's gone, you know, has played, like, days into the main event. Yeah. I've watched him do it. He takes it very seriously, and I think isn't necessarily bad. You right. know, it's, like, probably all right, you know, yeah. at a minimum. So, so yeah.
1: And he he does a good job of not injecting his poker opinion when Jason Kuhn is in the fucking booth, you yes. know? Yes. Right,
0: like... He knows when to stay the hell out yeah. of the way, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Anyway, here anyway. we are in jolly old England, and that should not be offensive to anybody, because Why, that what? was 100% accurate. Yeah, it is jolly, and it is old. And I said... It, the way an English person would say it. Yeah,
0: all of them, no matter no matter the dialect. Like, who
1: said that? Was it was it Grant Denison or was it the Queen? I can't <laughs> tell.
0: Is it Meghan Markle? Yeah, she's British now, right?
1: That's how that works. She actually went
0: back to being American again. They both did. You
1: know? Oh yeah, so Harry is American too. He's American now. Yeah, he's one of ours. GI Joe Harry. <laughs> all right. 300, 600 okay. are the blinds, but then they decided that's not enough. So there's a, a straddle to 1200 and then David Benjamin is going to double straddle to 2400
0: because whatever, because I don't it, know. there's
1: not enough money being thrown around by these people. Apparently it's really insane. All right, here's let's, let's just start this off. And, and you mentioned when we started, because there's some pre-flop decisions that are just categorically bad by these elite players. Mm. And it's possible that they're prop related at the time it was just an infested prop world at these stakes. They were always playing some level of props to the point where the producers of most of these shows tried to cut off the props and they would still yeah. try to do it secretly. Yeah. Right. So we don't know if there's any props that are affecting why people are playing certain hands because of how it will affect their props. Cause sometimes the props are worth a lot more than the game itself. But nonetheless, Tom Dwan's going to limp under the gun with queen. Eight of hearts. <laughs> I mean, if, if he doesn't
0: have... If he's not doing props and one of his opponents has hearts on the flop, yeah. this is horrible, right. right? The reason why he would limp now is to make sure a flop comes out. He's willing to call a raise yeah. with his hand. Um, that's fine. And then he can check full and then he wins enough on the prop because he's got two hearts in his hand that it's... He's basically like... It's not a free roll, of course, but yeah. he's got a it, the the EV works out if they're betting enough on the props. Right. Otherwise, this is just straight-up horrific. There's no it's defending bad. it. And There's we, no defending it.
1: And we actually are obligated morally to kill it because I think the podcast that was the impetus for Matt Berkey hating us initially once, oh, yeah. when he used to like us, now hates us, is when we heavily criticized him opening Queen Eight of Hearts under the gun. It w- and it's better to open it than to limp. So this is actually worse than what Matt Berkey did in that nope. hand that made Matt Berkey want us to die horrible deaths. Is, huh. I mean, yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. So this is bad. This is just bad.
0: Yeah, this this seems extra bad unless there's the prop thing going on. Even, yeah. God.
1: Now, oh, we can boy. always clean it up as far as the quality of the play when we're talking about Tom Dwan in this era because he was dancing between the raindrops in ways that had never been seen before in these high stakes cash games. And he had tools at his disposal, the Galphon tools that nobody else really had yeah. that maybe made it even profitable for him to play hands like this in this way at this time, because he actually understood things that the general top level poker playing populace didn't really start understanding until five, six years later, like distribution, like different game theory concepts, blockers, distribution, all that stuff. That's really common now. Mm-hmm. I think he was using it at that time. Yeah. And that made it way more profitable just to enter hands. That's in defense of this, obviously, objectively terrible play.
0: But having said all that, you've got... Antonius is in the... Is he in the, the straddle?
1: I believe he's in the button.
0: Oh, he's on the button. Okay. Well, Antonius, when we limp... By the way, Ivy's behind us too. When we let Antonius on the button is gonna play a hand a lot yeah. with the two straddles, the straddles are gonna play almost always, whether no matter what. Like we know Benjamin's gonna play, but then the guy right on to his right, who's who's the original straddle, is often gonna put the twelve hundred dollars in to to complete, right? So at least three ways with Queen Eight of Hearts, okay, we're in position against those two guys, but not the rest of the table. It's it, there's just no way to defend this, no matter how good you are pre post flop, I think.
1: Right. So this has upset us, and that's why it's upsetting that Jay Wrecker suggested it, because I thought he was a friend. You know, Uh,
0: look at him now. Look at, he
1: suggested the hand and we're already upset and it's just one action. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. Suggested on Twitter, included a YouTube link and a timestamp. Way to go. Yeah. We're the poker guys on Twitter, Jay. I mean, way to go. Come on, Jay Wrecker, the suggester of this hand. All right. So (laughs) after Dwan limps for 2,400. Yeah. And we barf a little. I hope you still got some food left in your stomach to barf. Because Phil Ivey's going to overlimp from, like, plus one with seven, nine off. Seven of clubs, nine of diamonds. It's not
0: plus one, right? He's not directly next to Dwan, is okay, he? Okay, it's plus two. Yeah. he's Yeah, so. so I that's, mean, that's worse. That's somehow worse than what Dwan did.
1: At least there's the extra 2,400 of Dwan, and he's in position against one. But there's all these other guys who are going to be, and he's got seven, nine off. And maybe there's props that, that yeah. we didn't know what they were at the time. But, like, limping a suited hand makes more sense because of the, the scenario that Jonathan described with props where it can be like, I want to guarantee a flop because of the heart related prop. I mean,
0: sometimes they have actual ranks of cards True. where it's like, you know, you pick, you pick three cards each and then whoever wins. The yeah. flop. So like if his opponent had sevens and nines, I guess he could play seven, any combination when you've got your, your two cards are both seven and nine. That's fine. I guess. But now we're giving both these guys, we're really s- twisting ourselves into pretzels here, trying to make.
1: And these. even, even so Dwan's already enacted the, the prop thing where he's like, yes. let's make sure the prop happens by me under the gun limping. Ivy That's doesn't right. need to help. You know? That's a great He's point. already done.
0: So it doesn't matter at all. So yeah. Ivy should just be throwing away this hand no matter what. This is and yet bad. He just decides to put in $2,400 with 7-9 off with a bunch of people to act behind I mean, him.
1: another huge part of this for Ivy and for Dwan is that they just both believe they're better than everybody else at the table. Yeah. And they're both probably close to right. You know, Those are probably the two best players at the table at the time.
0: Um, Yeah, but Antonius is really, really good, too, and probably right there. I don't know if anyone else... at the Who else at the table? David Benjamin's at the table, and is it just random I mean, there's uh, Phil Helmuth. He sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris Ferguson, I think. He's
0: at least pretty good. Andy Black. He's all right. That's all I'm seeing. Okay, so I can see why these guys think they're better than the rest of the table. Yeah. Even though, like, Ferguson and Black are going to be at least challenging to some degree, but, like, still... Still, what the hell? And Benjamin too, they're definitely better than Benjamin, but are you so much better? Mike Mattisau. Okay. Fine. That's (laughs) a reason to put more money in. But are you so much better you can play seven nine off
1: in middle position after under the gun limps? Did you hear me? Mike Matisau. Yeah. He, Mike Maddox was there. Just the <laughs> game where they
0: all paid him five hundred dollars to stick no, around. No, it's
1: not, and they paid him more than that, didn't they? I don't remember five yeah.
0: thousand dollars. I
1: think it on. was two thousand a piece on yeah. High Stakes Poker Season Two.
0: That did happen. They did pay him. He did stay, and then someone won all his money. He,
1: he was up like eighty thousand. He ended up down like a hundred thousand yeah. because they paid him to stay because he's Mike Maddox. Yeah, so he's always gonna
0: blow up. That's just the Maddox way. If you're gonna blow up, you're gonna blow up eventually. That's how it works.
1: We can bend over backwards defending these legends of the game. But let's not. Let's not. These are bad limps. They should not do this. Correct. Yeah. Um, by the way, everybody's super deep. We don't know stack sizes because it's the dark ages and they didn't show them. And we're not going to count the chips when we know they're super deep. So right. that's what we're doing. Yeah,
0: with. it's a cash game. These two guys especially. So yeah. far, Dwan and Ivy, crazy
1: deep. For sure. So is probably this guy, Patrick Antonius, yeah. who is on the button with ace nine of spades. Let's see. Let's have a reasonable decision, shall we? Okay, he makes it 12,300. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, I think that's fine too. That's five blinds basically. Yeah. That's fine. He could go even higher, but I would think guys like Duane and Ivy are either calling or they're folding once we make it this much. Like I guess we could make it 25,000, but that's crazy. That's too much with this hand.
1: Do you think limping is an option? I do. Because we're on the button. I mean, we're, we're definitely inviting all of the blinds to to enter the pot by limping, which I is mean, not ideal. We can flop the nuts, though, with ace, nine of spades.
0: The small blind isn't just going to enter, neither is the big blind with the guys behind that's them. True, that's and true, And it's, it's so much more money.
1: It's a lot more likely, though, when there's already a bunch of limps. It is more likely, it's true.
0: So this is a hand that at least plays okay multi-way because you got these suited A's. I prefer raising for sure, but I think it's fine to limp the button here.
1: Yeah, the issue being, of course, if we were raising, I think we have to be pretty sure that we're ahead of Duan's range because I don't think Mm. Duan is folding unless we raise an exorbitant amount.
0: Right, I agree. Like this, yeah, this is really, I think, to fold out all the guys behind us and probably we're going to hopefully be either heads up with Dwan or three ways with Dwan and Ivy. We've got the button and probably the best hand. Yeah. That sounds fine. Yeah. Right? Like we do this enough, we're going to make money over time, whether it works out this hand or not.
1: And we are, and and to be clear, I think we are ahead of Duan's range with Ace-9 suited. Oh my God, we have to be.
0: Like how often is he limping Ace-10 plus here? Like so sometimes, rarely. but not all the time, not not off. Yeah.
1: Anyway, small blind, big blind, big straddle or small straddle all folds. David Benjamin is in the big straddle 2400 with ace jack off and he's deep too.
0: Yeah.
1: Can't fold this obviously in this scenario. Can't. So where are your leanings as far as three betting or calling? Because I have a pretty clear leaning actually.
0: Oh yeah. Well, let's, I don't have a clear leaning yet, but let me talk it out just a little bit. Okay. So, Okay. So, first of all, if we were to three bet, we are clearly bluffing. Yes. Number one. Number two, if we call on the other side, we're Tom Dwan is always coming along. And then Phil Ivy is always coming along. Yeah. So we're like four ways out of position to everyone with Ace Jack off in a bloated pot, which sounds horrible.
1: And it's the three best players at the table. And if you're David Benjamin, you might think you're the best player at the table, but you would acknowledge that those are the three other yes. best players at the table.
0: Yeah. Okay. I feel like this is pretty clear now, too, having said all that. Like, we clearly have to three-bet this hand. Yes,
1: let's make it 40K.
0: Yep. And we, like, Patrick could easily be attacking these limps with a pretty good hand, a terrible hand, and once in a while, a much better hand. By the way, we make it 40K. I don't even know what Patrick's going to do with ace-queen in this spot. Like, he probably isn't going to fold. He probably shouldn't fold. But it's so much more expensive than normal. He might just say, ah, fuck it. Let's move on, you know. But it's okay either way. Like, so what? So once in a while, we're in bad shape. Let's not, like, it's so hard to win this hand if we don't, if we don't three-bet It's it, a right? very
1: clear three-bet in my mind. Yeah. Like, Patrick, for sure, has so many hands worse than ace-jack that he's just going to throw away. Maybe, like, to your point, he might even have some slightly better hands that he would throw away. Maybe. It's, it's possible. Maybe. I mean, there's some hands that we're raising. He might throw away two sixes, you know, hands like that, which would be great.
0: Depending on how deep we actually yeah. are, yeah. Um, I really like the idea of raising here. Also, let's, I mean, let's say Patrick calls. Now we get to get rid of Dwan and Ivy. Ivy always. Yeah. Duan almost always. Yeah. And the times we don't get rid of Dwan now, he's like five betting or right. four betting, I should say. Right? Like almost. He's never going to flat, yeah. I don't think. He's not too frequently. Very, no. very rarely. Uh, so now we're heads up and we got the initiative. We can see bet most flops and win even when we miss. Like this feels very straightforward.
1: Right. And this is also one of those disastrous reverse implied odds spots where mm. on a side flops, we're probably just going to have to call down. We don't really know what to do. You know?
0: Yeah. So, like,
1: let's take the initiative and win on the innocuous flops instead of dealing with that scenario.
0: There's enough money in there, too. There's a lot of money out there. And all we're going to do is, it's going to be really hard for us to make good decisions post-flop, especially out of position. Yeah. To these great players. I
1: completely agree. All right. So, we both lean the same way here. Yeah. Benjamin, he's like, no, thank you. I do not. I I do not. (laughs) I wouldn't fly to France just to eat lunch with that guy. Not after he calls. Not, not after he calls. If know. he texts, maybe.
0: But calling, it's like, who right. calls anymore? Yeah,
1: I know. I need to see emojis in order to be uh, convinced to action here. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, that's what millennials say all the time. I'm a millennial. All right, so he just calls.
0: We, we hate it. So we're really down on three of the four pre-flop decisions here, huh? I think
1: this is far better than Dwan and Ivy's pre-flop decisions. It is clearly far better, but it's because it
0: has to be. Yes. Like... <laughs> You know, this was the worst decision he could have made, though. Yes, but that's true for Dwan and Ivy too, actually, right? Right. Because I we would have preferred any other option than, they, than yeah. the ones they did. So I guess it's all the same. Yeah, everyone's making terrible decisions. Patrick's doing fine,
1: and now Dwan and Ivy both kind of have to call with the prices they're getting. It's like nine K more. Yeah, they just have to call with these hands. Even Ivy's seven nine off. Once Dwan calls, has to call. has to call at these stack depths. And, he, and he's Phil Ivey too. If the board's paired, you know he's going to win the pot. And that's how you get fifty-one K in preflop in two thousand nine, I guess.
0: And you're you're there at Phil Ivey with nine-seven off against three of the better players in the world, two of the very best players yeah. in the world too. And you're like,
1: well, how did this happen again? What am I doing? Well, you just go for a paired board, then you like overcall a three bet yeah. and then bet on the turn and win. Oh
0: no, no, you check back the turn and bet the river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're Phil Ivey. It's and so you're easy. Like, Fuck you, I'm Phil Ivey. You always win if you're Phil Ivey because you always try and win every every time the board is paired. Yeah. And it often works. It works a tremendous amount of the
1: time. Yeah. Anyway, that's where we are with 52K in the damn pot with these hands. Yeah. So sad. Why? Because they're not even playing on Nitrogen Sports, Jonathan.
0: It's true. They're playing live.
1: Yeah. It's like you could be playing on Nitrogen Sports and you're playing live. Did you know about the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament, Tom Dwan, in 2009? Because you should have.
0: Are you tipping the dealer every time, Tom Dwan, in 2009? You don't have to tip the dealer at Nitrogen Sports. There's no dealer to tip, bro. It's software.
1: It is software, Phil Ivey, Are you aware that it's a Bitcoin only poker site in two thousand nine? That would be great. You'd get a lot of money out.
0: Of it. Also, Phil, you don't have to tip the dealer either. Yeah, it's all ones and zeros. It's software, <laughs>
1: and there's a tournament every month,
0: every single month. Patrick Antonius. Can you believe it, Patrick? Put down the tennis racket for once and pay attention. To I what know Kran you like saying.
1: modeling and tennis, but do you also like guaranteed overlays? You handsome fuck. Because <laughs> 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 nitrogen sports offers that every month in the poker guys monthly tournament. Use the link in the description when you sign up or you won't even get access to that. Once you're there, there's plenty of poker to be had. Jonathan cash games, tournaments, etc. Mm. By the way, sports betting, casino games, all the fun that you could ever imagine in your pretty little brains. You know what I'm
0: saying? All those things. Do you think when Patrick Antonius would sit down at the table, he'd look around and be like, You are all very ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who could be a model and was a model. They paid me just to just to sit there because I was I am so pretty and you are not.
1: That is possibly what I,
0: he thinks. I would think anytime I took a bad beat if I was Patrick Antonius, I'd just be like doesn't really matter, right? I can just look go, at my face. I can just go
1: outside and have somebody take a picture of me and give me five thousand dollars. <laughs> it's so easy.
0: <laughs> look at Phil Ivy, though. Yeah. <laughs> look at Tom Dewine. These are ugly dudes. Why
1: don't they just live in the sewer?
0: No, no <laughs> like, I don't think they're ugly dudes, to be clear, as Jonathan. I'm saying Patrick Antonius thinks they're ugly dudes because look at him. To him, everything is ugly. And he's like, you know, David Mike Michelangelo's David. Yeah. I could, I could pass on
1: that. <laughs> not, that not that nice. <laughs> and that's how you do a nitrogen ad. <laughs> Use the link in the description when you sign up. Sure. Patrick Antonius might play there. Who knows? All right. So 52K in the pot. Yeah. Antonius is the instigator here with ace, nine of spades. David Benyamin has ace, jack off for the best hand. Tom Dwan has queen, eight of hearts, and Phil has seven, nine off because, you know, reasons. The flop is king of spades. Nobody hits that. Eight of clubs, four of diamonds. So notably, only Tom Duan hits anything. Antonius does have a backdoor nut flush draw, but that is not much. Mm. All right. What do you expect to happen here? Pretend you don't know.
0: Okay. I do know what happens, but I would expect everyone to check to Patrick, and then he has an interesting decision.
1: Yes. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. So what do you think you should do? I mean, obviously, this is a dry king high board. As the initial raiser, you're supposed to bet this heads up for sure. Oh, my God. Three ways. Pretty much for sure. Four ways, it's starting to get a little sticky. I'm not sure we need to bet. What do you well, think? Well, let's let's think about it though.
0: It, like Dwan and Ivy don't rate to have very many kings at all here.
1: No, probably not. So really, we're just talking about, and, or any, and like not, maybe not even like pocket eights. Neither of them may have pocket eights here. I mean, we it's hard to assign what types of
0: hands. Sure. they Sure. Well, all we look can look at do the is, fucking hands they have. But think about the weights we would assign. Like, yeah. how often do we think Dwan is going to limp call pocket eights in this? versus raise it pre-flop. I would guess most of the time he's raising it. Ditto Ivy, right? Once Dwan Limps. Like, most of the time. Um, I think Benjamin's the only guy who can have a pretty good hand here. Uh, Okay, granted, anyone can have a set of fours. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. and like you said, once in a while, these guys can probably all have sets of eights once in a while, but not very often. So we're the guy, Antonius, who has aces. We have ace-king. We have kings. We have pocket eights. We have king-queen. The only guy who can even have king-queen or better for one pair of hands, really, is Benjamin.
1: I mean, with with... Ivy and Duan's actual hands. I could easily see either of them having like king five suited plus.
0: As it turns out, I agree with you, but we may not know that they could possibly he be probably this, does. this wide. If
1: anybody plays with these guys enough to okay. know, it's right. Patrick Antonius. Okay, let, let's say you're right. Let's go with that. Yeah. But
0: that means they have a whole massive wide range, and we should bet. Yeah, like if they can have king five suited, that means they can have I don't know queen five suited. I mean and they can have a million other things.
1: Your logic is sound if you're going against one entity, and I think that's where you're coming from. You're kind of grouping all of the three yes. opponents as, into one, and that's not how you can do it from a combinatorial perspective. You have to deal with more stuff. It's true. There's six it's cards true. out there, not two. Yeah.
0: No, that's fair. Um, Benjamin's the guy, though I think to be concerned about really. Right. I think like, he, like, he is the if, biggest if concern picking, if we're picking. He has the most if,
1: king, queen, king, jack. Like, in if Benjamin's not in the hand, this
0: is an easy C bet. I agree. Um Benjamin being in the hand makes it much tougher, and of course, the fact that there's it's three players not two of course matters too um i I think I like a bet though anyway, because otherwise we're just surrendering the pot completely, which is not too bad there's not even a spade on the board, right usually you'd want at least there's one a spade. spade on the
1: board king of spades, hey, there's a spade on the board, oh, that makes me want to bet a little more yeah that that is a point in favor of antonius yeah i
0: think I think we should bet, but i can I have no problem with checking because of all the things you just said like there's just a lot of people to get through and mostly we're not going to like we're not going to succeed that often. I shouldn't. Right. Right.
1: So So. I'm i I'm on the fence about betting or checking, but I am not on the fence about sizing. Antonius does bet. He bets 34 K. I don't like the sizing. You want to bet a lot smaller. I do. I absolutely want him to bet a lot smaller. I don't think you're folding out an eight or better with this sizing at this point in the hand. Hmm. And so what's the point? Like it's a super dry board.
0: Right. Why not bet 20 K into 52 instead of 34? are you worried
1: about getting called by gut shots? You should be happy to get called by gut shots. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. There's not too many gut shots anyway.
1: Yeah, it's just 4 uh, 5 6 and 6 7 and I guess 5 7.
0: Yeah, that's literally it. Yeah. So whatever. Um there's no flush draws. So we don't have to size it up for no. that reason either. Um, the thing is, it's 2009, and no one right. No I one's agree, but let's
1: let's analyze it uh, to try to play optimally. Well, right? the
0: the other thing is this is that it's a cash game and not a tournament game, so people value their chips a little differently. So in a, in a tournament, you can bet tiny. Yeah, but what hands
1: are you talking about? What do you mean when you're targeting a hand to that you want to fold? What what's the borderline where you're actually doing a better job folding? Than ah, a hand? I see what you're saying because this board is so incredibly dry.
0: Right. Well, the question is. Like, not are these guys going to call with an eight. The question is, can people who are out of position to other players in the hand call with an eight, right? Can Benjamin call with an eight when he's got Duane and Ivy behind him? I don't know that he
1: can. Benjamin's can, the least likely to have an eight of the, like, Ivy and yes. DeJuan are really the eight guys. Yeah. Can Duane
0: call with an eight with Ivy behind him? Yes, I think he can. He probably can. Um, well, he's got an eight, and the hand isn't going to be over after the flop, so he's probably not going to fall. Yeah. I'll say that.
1: I think he needs to bet a lot smaller if he's okay. gonna optimize this.
0: So he bets like twenty K. The problem is, I would guess, is that at this point no one was doing this. Yeah. So betting this small would would look really weird. And these guys would all be like, What the fuck is going on? So the you'd be afraid that? of
1: getting check raised by a random hand? Or
0: yeah, or just like you're never gonna fold out anything that things you should be folding out much easier, like, like pocket fives or yeah. something like that. I guess but but having said all that who cares let's look at it through the current lens right yeah. rather than 2009 and what they may or may not have been doing and i think you're right i think we can size it down here because of what we can and can't fold out now
1: this isn't an actual criticism because like you said at the time i don't think anybody would have sized it down but no. if we're going to do this optimally i think we should bet smaller
0: yeah that doesn't sound crazy at all to me
1: okay good david benjamin folds his ace jack yeah nice little adventure is over Tom Dwan, of course, calls. I don't think there's much to talk about. Like, no. is Patrick Antonius, you have to call the c Of course, you do. You have Ivy behind you. Ivy doesn't have that many kings. I Even mean, if he has he a does. better eight, so be it. He's ace eight. Like, I
0: mean, and I, if Ivy has a king, so what? So we put in, for us, putting in, what is it, 34K? Yeah. It's just normal. It's just a Tuesday afternoon. Like, it doesn't matter for us. We're Tom Dwan. We've got That's we're, never we're a good money.
1: Never a good argument.
0: No, no. The point is, like, it's not a lot of money for us to do it. So, like, we don't have to think about that piece, right? We just think about it from optimal play
1: which i thought is what we were doing on this podcast all the time
0: i'm trying to get deep into the psychology (laughs) okay no you're right you're right
1: yeah but ultimately in this scenario against this player it feels like dwan has to call right i do yeah not much to talk about there ivy folds obviously he's got nothing good job
0: phil ivy you played this the worst of everyone i would say with nine seven off i blame you for playing this the worst of everyone.
1: i think that's Probably true, although Dwan played equally bad preflop, I think.
0: No. Queen 8 suited is way better than 9-7. The positions nine seven are different. Off. Yeah, but now Dwan can at least have more limp... Dwan can have limp re-raises. Yeah.
1: Ivy can't, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, I agree with that. Pot's 120K now. Things okay. are ballooning. I mean, come on. This is crazy. The turn is the five of hearts. Well, okay. That
0: doesn't change anything. Well, if if Dwan called with any gut shot, he is improved. Yes.
1: That's the only thing that has changed. Yes, so... We don't know. Maybe you get the stacked up. I think they might be super deep. They might have like half a a million dollars in front of them. Maybe you can call with gut shots. I don't
0: know. I don't know if you can really call with a gut shot when you have Ivy still behind you. Like, are you really calling with six, seven here? Maybe gut shot and a backdoor flush draw? Yeah, maybe. maybe. $34,000. God, it feels like so
1: much. Deep enough, though? I think you can. You have to be really deep. But then you can. Yeah. All right. right. Turns the five of hearts. Okay. Dwan checks. It wouldn't surprise me if he did anything because he's Tom Duane, he could lead here, and I'd Absolutely. come up with reasons, but let's not get into that because it's very normal to check, right? Yes. All right. Antonius, another big decision. What are we doing?
0: Okay. So the question is, if we were to bet, what are we trying to accomplish with the bet, right? It would be to fold out... Fold out specifically an
1: eight or like pocket sevens or pocket nines. All the... Like like
0: one pair of hands that are worse than a king is what would be attacked Because
1: we're never folding out whatever king... King ten. Yeah. Even even king... Even like king six suited, Dwan's not folding. That's also a gut shot now.
0: Well, let's... Yeah, call it king nine, but whatever it is. King
1: nine suited, Dwan is not folding. He might fold to a third barrel, but he's not folding now.
0: There's no way he's folding to a second barrel against Patrick. There's no chance. So yeah, we're
1: targeting like pocket tens minus if we bet again.
0: Right. So, in some ways, I kind of like attacking it only because there aren't that many kings that Duan can really have. Well,
1: you say that, but yeah. again, right. he might have all of the suited kings.
0: Right. But if he has all the suited kings, that means he has all the eights. Not all the eights. No, Sorry. He's, he's, he, has a, no he has more kings than eights, I guess, then, yeah. right? To your point. Yeah. Because then he's and got guess, the unsuited,
1: I, he's got unsuited good kings,
0: too. I will say that one of the reasons to check back here is because we would think that... A lot of the things we might have been able to fold out on the turn, i.e. any of the gut shots, now are gonna call if we bet again, right? They're gonna have a pair and a gutter. Yeah. Tom's gonna call. Yeah. And so
1: or a straight, by the way.
0: Yeah, of course you could have yeah, you could have the nuts too. Um, so that's that's a good reason to check back rather than try. You could be like, that's a really bad card to continue on for yeah. me, right? Like there's a lot of good cards. A lot of the deck, like half the deck or something like that is gonna be a great card for me to continue on. This just isn't one of them. This is one of the worst cards. Yep. So that makes me want to check. Like an eight pairing would be bad. And then any five, six, or seven would be bad, I would think. Those are the worst cards in the deck.
1: Right. There's that also. We're starting to rep a thin range. Yeah. We're, we're not betting again with worse than King-Queen probably at this point. Maybe we can justify King-Jack for value. Maybe. Maybe. But that's close, right?
0: I agree. Very close. Because yeah. we're on the button, we can justify it a little bit more because we can check back the river if we yeah. want to versus that being out of
1: position. Right. But so if we want to tell a wider value story or just give up against Dwan's du- range, I think it makes sense to check, and I like checking.
0: Yeah, I think I like checking, too, and it's okay to give up here. Like, like it's Tom Dwan. He likes to hero you, right? Like, yeah. We don't have to always try and win every pot.
1: All right. Antonio's checks. We can also hit a card, you know? And we hit the Deuce of Diamonds. Oh. Didn't hit a card. So sick. 120K in the pot still. The board now reads King 8-4, rainbow, then the full rainbow on the turn with the five of hearts. River is the Deuce of Diamonds. So 6-7 is a straight. 3-6 is a straight now, which is not really going to be a factor. No. Ace-3 is a straight, which I suppose Antonio's could have Ace-3. Duan really can't. Right. Um, but other than that, this doesn't change much, except for a set of deuces. Maybe Antonius can have a set of deuces now. Maybe. Maybe. Duan can't, really. Yeah, I think I think Antonius can have a set of deuces. I think yeah. it's possible. All right. Duan's going to check. Yeah. He should check. Yeah, I don't see any value in betting an eight here.
0: Like, what are we trying to get called by pocket sevens that are not gonna call?
1: We could do like a blocker bet, but that kind of it's kind of gross. Nah.
0: Also, that's not Tom Dwan's style. He no. doesn't really do blocker bets, right? Not he at does all. like he wants to put in a lot of chips and either be very right or very wrong. Yeah. So in this case, with this hand, that's a check, right? Also, Patrick, of course, totally capable of bluffing.
1: Yep. So Dwan checks. All right, another big question for Patrick. Yeah. Do we go for it? Can we tell... I think the first question I have is, can we tell a good enough story to get Dwan to fold the type of hand that we expect him to have, which is basically exactly his hand. Yes. Like an eight, pocket nines, pocket sevens.
0: I would think it was like nine, eight suited if I was yeah. guessing, right? Um, pocket sevens pretty reasonable too. Man, I don't know if we can get him to fold. I'm just not sure that we can really get him to fold here.
1: Because our story's not good
0: enough? Our story's okay, but
1: I don't know. Like, Is he just going to hold on? He's not one. He, he might because of the story, because I think the problem with, with the story now is we've, we do have value still. I think we have King Jack minus for value mm-hmm. and we can debate if he goes lower than that, but I'm, let's say for sure any King that Antonius would have played this way, he can bet for value.
0: So it's like King nine suited plus basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We can say that. I think so. Um, But it doesn't really go up above King Jack really that often because you'd expect him to bet King Queen plus a lot in the turn. I would think he's usually betting King Queen plus. So that's problematic for telling a good story. It doesn't leave us with that many hands. And we had to have chosen to raise those hands pre-flop on the button when we could have limped or just folded. So the question becomes for me,
0: what are there other hands for value that Patrick can bet here once Tawan checks again on the river? Well, Ace-3 induces. Yeah, sure. But I mean pocket queens can he bet queens here can he bet jacks here when it, when Duan checks all three streets or is patrick going to give give up is the wrong word but check them back and just take his uh his equity
1: i think that's super close and i have no idea yeah i think most players are going to check
0: i think you're probably right these guys have got a very long history of very thin value and crazy plays and all that so i don't know how thin it gets i say very thin value maybe that's not fair but certainly crazy plays against each yeah. other Um, I don't know how thin Patrick can get. If Patrick can bet queens, to me, that means he can bet jacks and tens and nines and probably ace-eight. Suddenly, it opens up a whole lot more value. If he can't bet queens, now we're down to very little.
1: Yeah. That's a big difference to me. It all comes down to whether or not he thinks Duan would check a king three times. Right. Which I think he certainly would in some cases.
0: Duan is capable of checking a king three times for sure. You can see how he checks the flop, of course. Yeah. He checks the turn, of course. And on the river, he checks because he thinks, how am I going to get value for that? Right, because
1: like he didn't bet an eight, and that was obvious to us that he wouldn't bet an eight. So if he bets a king, if he bets like king nine suited, he's like, well, why would I bet that? Right. right. You know, it doesn't really make too much sense. Right. So... Yeah, I think it really depends on if you think Dwan would check a king three times. I think he would a decent amount of the time.
0: But as long as he has an eight that he's pretty much always going to play like this, Yeah, maybe we can bet all those other hands for value and, and make money. Yeah, the question is he, if he
1: has more kings or more eights too, though. The other thing is we have to get called by the eights, yeah. which we don't know for sure we're going
0: to do because if we're betting here as a bluff, that means we're trying to fold out the eights, yep. right? Like the king we know is very, very, we expect the king's always going to call us. Yes. And that's fair. See, I don't know if we should go for it, man. I feel like I we shouldn't. I don't feel like we should either. I feel like it's like that was a bad card on the turn for us. The river also doesn't really change anything. Like, boy, we could have used like a queen on the river or something like that. Even a jack on the river. Things that like maybe make more sense. But like, it's just hard to believe we're really going for it here. You know. Well,
1: we could have deuces or ace three. Yep. Those are the hands we could really have. Okay. It's really tough to put us on Ace-King or King-Queen or anything like that at this point.
0: I would think so. I mean, I'm sure Patrick checks back King-Queen and Ace-King a tiny bit on the turn, but mostly he's betting. Yeah. Right? To try and get value from Tom Dwan, who's going to hero him a lot. Right. But because he heroes me a lot, do I really need to check? I mean, we know we're losing, right? We know we can't win. Ace-high is not good. Right. Tom Dwan never has a hand worse than Ace-high. No. He's always beating that. So that's the thing that sucks, and there's $120,000 in there. So I can understand being like, well, he checked again, and am I really just going to let him win with some tiny piece of this board? Like, I, w- I don't want to let that happen. I could s- I understand that mindset, at least. I
1: know? would rather be betting with a hand like ace-10, uh, ace-jack, Ace because I've, I want to block king-jack and king-10 from Dwan's range. Interesting.
0: Now, because we know Dwan can have... All the kings. Yeah. (laughs) Like king nine suited probably and all and down worse. Maybe it's better to have a worse kicker because the king jack, king tens, maybe he's raising more of the time. I don't know if any of that's true, but that at least makes sense to me. Yeah, I hear that. So maybe ace nine is better than ace ten in this case. Maybe. 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 But maybe
1: maybe he's raising king nine suited also. Yeah. I really don't know because I can't believe he shows up with the queen eight here. He does though. Anyway, Antonius does go for it. Yeah. It feels like uh, I have to go for it because I'm definitely losing type of thing. Yeah. And Dwan's range is relatively weak. But I just don't know if it's going to work enough to justify it.
0: Is it possible that all these guys just had too many bluffs in, in, on yeah. the river? Like, I think it worked a lot. Yeah. I think it did, too. Like, I think it still works to have too many bluffs on the river in most cases. Even against really good players, mostly it works. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, you just got to never fold. That's <laughs> the easy. That's it. Then yeah. you beat them
1: all. I mean, I think it, it's it's a less effective strategy in cash games to have too many bluffs than in tournaments. It, it's more effective in tournaments. People mm-hmm. are, you know, they cherish their chips rightfully more in tournaments than they do in cash games.
0: At the same point, in cash games, if you have too many bluffs and they fold enough of the time, over time, you're just going to make money. You're guaranteed in tournaments... You can get called in a big spot and you're just wrecked. Yeah. So it goes both ways.
1: What I just mean is the efficacy the of bluffs.
0: Yeah, of course. There's yeah. a different level of pressure. Yeah. Like people the, make crazy folds. You, in you
1: should be more successful in tournaments than cash games at bluffing.
0: I agree. Yeah. I think people clearly are.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Antonius goes for it 83 into 120
0: reasonable sizing yeah
1: seems like a, a size that you might do with king 10 suited or something i
0: almost don't want to overbet it too i'm like i'm like afraid duan's just gonna be like ha ha call yeah. you with like an overbet i don't know if it has any more effectiveness than 83k Like all if right. you bet 200k would it matter
1: against duan i don't know that it would so implicit within duan's decision is all the things we already talked about with antonius's decision the biggest concerns are ace three induces i think i think we're not too worried about ace king And we're not too worried about king-queen, not only because we don't expect he would have checked the turn, but also because we block it with our queen in our hand. Yep. So I don't know. It feels like Antonio's, as the aggressor, is going to take this line with bluffs a lot of the time, and we kind of have to call.
0: Yeah. Like, this goes back to what I was just saying, like, maybe he just has too many bluffs. And this is why, as Tom, you would just go check, call, check, call, check, call as much as you have to in these spots, because he's just always going to go for it. Like, he's just never going to let a pot... He's just not going to give up enough, right? right? And I think probably it's effective to not give up enough against almost everyone, and maybe
1: even against Tom Dwan.
0: But Tom's going to hear he'll call you more as a result, too, and
1: correct, correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think everything that we've already talked about leads me to think that this is a, a call from Dwan.
0: I mean, we have to think just, like, does he have... King 10, does he have pocket nines? Does he have ace eight? If I can eliminate ace eight and pocket nines and stuff like that, it makes it a much easier
1: call. Yeah, if it's just the kings, then we call because it's like
0: king jack through king nine. It's possible we call anyway, though, because we just think he has too many bluffs.
1: Maybe, but if we include ace eight plus, it's a much tougher call. Agreed. But Dwan, I think, probably is not including those hands and decides, eh, you're probably bluffing. Yeah. And he's right. He calls and he wins a lot of money. He sure does. He's Tom Dwan. Yeah, he used to win a lot of money. He used to win a lot of. He money. He might still. He, but does he get to keep it?
0: I don't know. Did you see that hand where he was up against uh, Paul Fua, where they he like four bet all in with like Ace Queen for you know like one point one million dollars, in and Fua insta call with aces, and it was just like Tom's like, okay, well I'm gonna go do something else. I now. have not seen <laughs> that, but that sounds sad. It was sad